On today's show, how on earth do you market an album in the year 2020? Who knows? This is 30 Minute Music Marketing and you're going to find out. 30 Minute Music Marketing. For musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. Hi, I'm Greg. Hello, I'm Sheldon, and this is 30 Minute Music Marketing, the show for independent artists and DIY musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. Thanks very much for listening to this on the, the old podcasts. If you're watching it on the YouTubes or on the Facebook, thanks very much for, for all your support. If you're on the Facebook, uh, the YouTubes rather, click the bell, subscribe, or whatever the, the, the young people do. Keep up to date with what we talk about. And you'll be notified every hashtag at Music Marketing Monday when a, a new episode is released. It's a big topic this week, Greg. Big one, is it? A very big topic. I've got three pages of notes You've never on had my that much clipboard. Before. I've never had so many notes before, but that's because the topic of releasing an album in 2020. It's a big one. There's possibly different scenarios and different actions you might need to take depending on where you are in your career. So that there isn't like a one-stop shop you know, just a one list of recommendations that everybody needs to do. Strategies may differ depending on whether you're maybe you know, a newer artist, uh, maybe a more established artist. But the thing I want to say to you, Greg, is in the year of our Lord, 2020, should you even think about releasing an album? Let me try and contextualise where we are uh, with albums in 2020. Well, we kind of did mention this a little bit in the past. I mean, some people, some artists have already said it's a a dying format and they're not bothering with it anymore. Right, yeah. So I've got I've got a couple of points here. Number one, physical sales are declining year on year. It's probably a true thing to say in, in that most people, the general public, don't really go out of their way to buy music anymore. There was a statistic, I think it was round about the, the, the 1990s, that the average person bought three CDs per year, three albums. You know, on average, obviously, there'd be people who buy more. Three. People who buy, yes. And on average. In, it, in its heyday, people were yeah. still only buying. Still only out. buying three albums. It's not very much. That, was, what, that would have been like 30 quid a year investment. Yeah. So in 2019, in the UK, the spend on physical formats was down 17%. So it's like, you know, it's decreasing, it's declining, you know, round about 17% every year. But, you know, you might say, Greg, that, well, what about streaming? So people may be, you know, to, to make up for it, will just stream albums in its place. But I hate to say this, people don't even stream albums as much as they're used to. Deezer, you're aware of Deezer? Yes, I've heard. Uh, they recently did a survey of about 8,000 people and 50% of people said they listened to less albums than they did five to ten years ago. Well, now everyone can just basically create their own radio station of their hits radio, can't That's they? It. Almost 40% of respondents said they prefer listening to playlists because, you know, I use Spotify in the office almost as, you know, a form of radio. I get very... I am surprised that people like playlists that much because I thought it would be a bit like YouTube. You go on YouTube and for the most part you go on there specifically to look at one thing. Um, and I thought that's what Spotify would be like. You wouldn't be kind of going there waiting for someone to suggest stuff. I thought it would be... I'm, I think I'm it's very... because it's, it's the enormity of the, the catalogue that's, that's available to you. I think there's, there's something within the, the psyche that says I almost need to make use of that and maybe to just play albums and albums alone and maybe albums that I've listened to 
previously. That's a, it's almost like a you know a limitation on that on that experience. So to summarise, you could say that music is free uh, for most people, and even when it's free, it's not people's main focus on like streaming platforms, which technically isn't good news for musicians such as ourselves who might want to release an album. But the thing is, us musicians, we almost there's almost like this this inherent desire within us to to release albums because it's a it's almost like an artistic statement you know as a as somebody who creates albums myself you almost want to take the listener on a you know it's a, it's an oft repeated phrase you know on a on a musical journey i suppose it's a bit like a book no one just wants to write a chapter yeah they want to write in you know a collection of chapters that tell a complete story yeah so so we almost want to express or is that ourselves. just because that's what we're just so used to I in the past? I don't know. Being, you know being, and that's, you know, we still kind of, we're holding on to that, uh, I wouldn't say nostalgia, but we're holding on to that idea that music has to be presented in this format. In the, And I, when I say format, I mean yeah. as an album. It, not it'll be a, interesting because we're hoping to get some, some young people um, in on the... Uh, on the show slash podcast in a, in a in a couple of weeks, it'd be interesting to see how they regard the mm. album, whether they you know whether they hold it up in, in the same sort of esteem as 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 we do. But I think you know I think mu musicians will always want to to create music in you know in, in a in a long sort of form, long and, player format. Yes, and you know if you make good music and you accumulate good quality fans, you could say that they they'll want the album listening experience you know to be taken from from point a to, to point b so it, you know physical sales are declining yes but you know if you're if you are smart i think you could still sell physical music and you know there are certain valid reasons why somebody should but if we're working on the basis of uh more money is made in gigs and festival performances nobody wants to hear an album people want to hear the hits uh, yeah, but but like, how do you you know how do you create the hits in the first place to to play to play live? You know there has to be a a foundation in some form of well, that was a record label deciding music. which were the records of the album to be the singles that were the ones that you know reached the big largest majority audience. Hmm. So I'm kind of going. I mean, I'm all for the album. I think it's a great. You know, I want to be on that journey, but it's difficult to argue with. The stats. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I know. Well, well, the, the, we're working on the basis that the musicians that are going to be watching this, that they, you know, they will want to release an album. Oh, yeah. and it's almost like right. Okay, so so even when we're told that potentially we shouldn't, we're going to do it anyway. So let's try and solidify and express the reasons that we can tell. I mean, or, or that we can include within our, within our marketing, and then let's try and solidify strategies depending on I where think, you are in your career. I think the formats, and now I am using physical formats uh, in this in sense, and the fact that you know cassettes coming back is making it, which is quite interesting. So you know, obviously there are still people out there who like that tangible product yeah. and, and the, want a collection of, of a full thing. So you, than you just... mentioning sort of cassettes and, you know, th there are still certain formats which are, uh, I'm going to use the word fetishised here. You know, people, people like, for well, example, people do like plastic. vinyl. Right. So, uh, right, here's a stat for you. 26% of all physical albums sold uh, in 2019 in the US were vinyl. So still people, you know, hold um, certain physical formats 
in you know in, in great esteem that they, they fetishize it and you know to, to a certain degree an album and the album uh, artwork is almost considered a, you know a piece a piece of artwork and when we you know i've got two um albums in, in various parts of, of our you know of my house that, that's framed yeah and because what are those I'll tell you later. I'm not going to tell you now. It's a U two one, isn't it? No, 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 no. no. But you know, even something like a even something like a CD, which maybe the, the format isn't held in such regard, you could still bundle it with some, you know, some very nice, um, high quality art cards. As uh, uh, you know, to, to try no, and, know to mean. try and create that sort of experience. So, so physical media can still be fetishized. So people will potentially still want physical media. Um, um, for the reasons for people to, to buy your album, it could well be the only way at that particular point in time to get access to that particular music. So we are now used for uh, albums to go on streaming at the day of release. However, you know, if you've invested quite a significant sum of money, you can choose to window that and delay that music from going on streaming for a particular okay, that's period. Quite, that's useful. Well, you know, and it's funny enough, I was listening to a podcast today that said, well, you shouldn't necessarily do that. But if you think about films, films at the cinema, you know, th th there is a certain window of time where you can only see it yeah. at the cinema and then, you know, you can go on to DVD rental or you can, or you can buy it sort of retail before it'll go on to DVD rental, does that still exist? Yeah, I, I rent DVDs through the post. It's great. What? It's great. You get, you, 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 get, you, get a far, you get a far better choice than you than you do through the Sky Store. Oh, I don't right. go on the Sky Store, but in the world of Netflix, you're still kind of going. Yeah, come, Mr. Postman. Uh, where's my Blu-ray DVD? So, this the, you know this form of windowing, it could well be the the only way to get your music at a particular point in time is is to to buy it. It's not on streaming. That would be a reason for someone to buy your music. Um, third reason is as a means of support. I mean, we've talked about. Uh, the fan bank in Deep Dive episode number 12. And the idea is that you as a musician, you invest time in your audience, you create content for your audience, you build up a relationship with them, you know, you, you reply to all their uh, social media posts and queries. Yeah. And every so often, maybe every 18 months or, you know, or two years, you say, right, you know, I've done all this thing for you. Now, here's your opportunity to reward me. Are you kind done. of suggesting that there's almost two tactics here? You do singles for your your general audience on Spotify, but then do bodies of work for people who are your real fans, maybe like Patreon uh, supporters. I think that's that's maybe and, one and then, way. And then kind of you know those those ones who who not who don't just like the record but actually like. The, the group, so to speak, you can then, you know, give them more because you know they want more rather than just your casual... I mean, I like, like McDonald's for what it offers, but I wouldn't go there for a la carte, if that makes sense. So them offering me an a la carte menu would not be any... because I wouldn't go there. But, you know, if they come out with a, a special McDonald's Big Mac of some variety, I might eat. Several dozen. But the, the thing I always say is that each uh, album that somebody buys is a down payment on the next because you know, the money for recording has got to come to somewhere. So, you know, if, if that forms part of, of your overall sort of message, as in, you know, please, you know, we technically we need your support, you can say to your to your audience. Otherwise, you know, it's your support that pays not 
particularly for this particular record, but if you buy a buy an album, then what you're doing is you're helping fund fund the next one. Should you be using that same audience to uh, fund your next musical instrument purchase? Well, that, that's I don't, I'm not talking about uh, musical instruments today. Oh, okay. Don't try and dive board. So you know, they, they still read. I, I've also got down here that well, I don't have any notes, so I'm playing, no, no, I'm yes. blind well, to yeah, today's yeah, yeah, session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, uh, you're you're just uh, you're winging it. Yes. As, as you do in, in so many areas. Okay. I've also got down here. Uh, you know, it could well be that, uh, that you buy something to listen to it in a high quality format. Well, there is that, but it's just shame that like the idea of having hi-fi these days is seen as a bit of a oddity. Yes. I've still got a hi-fi. Have you? Uh, yes, very much so. But I do, I do listen to the majority of music on a phone. Sorry. To be honest, I, I uh, to be fair, if I was, I do listen to the majority of music in the studio. So, I have that, you know, that, that, yes, that ideal listening it, yeah. location. But if I wasn't, it, it probably would be the phone or the car. So there, there, there's four reasons why you know people could or should go out and and, and buy an album. So, so now we've got right. So. If we've decided that there is still a reason to make it, and, and there's still a reason for people to potentially buy it, how do we go about marketing uh, marketing it? But I, I think there's two possible scenarios and two different scenarios. One for maybe newer artists, newer DIY musicians, or people who've been going for a modest amount of time, but have all still got maybe a modest amount of fans and maybe people who've been going for a, a wee bit longer and have accumulated you know, a, maybe a larger sort of audience will try and do both of those two sort of markets okay in turn so if you're a newer artist or uh, a musician with a you know a, a moderately small sort of fan base I would say that what you need to do is you need to try and put off releasing the album for as long as possible your, your primary goal is to keep building that audience getting to get larger and larger, and the idea being is that the larger amount of audience, then the potential, you know, statistically, the more people that are potentially there that will buy your album upon release. Yeah. So the idea is that what you're doing is you're trying to use as many individual single releases as possible. Each one of those that kind of makes sense. It's a bit yeah. like a snowball, isn't it, Daniel? Yeah. You kind of want to keep that momentum. There's no point to, like wait in doing nothing and nothing and you and I have both mentioned this before where you'll see bands do a social media post of oh wait to record our new album and then you hear nothing from them for months and then suddenly the album's done and it's just like oh, okay and then you move on to the next kind of thing so so as many many individual singles as possible each one of those has an individual marketing campaign that's designed to put you in front of uh, new people yes. try and get those uh, people into your ecosphere into your world and like you say cr try and create that momentum and do that again and again and again so we've got a, a reasonable critical mass of a large enough audience for people to I do to go find out I mean I was speaking to somebody yesterday and you know who you know people still have this as you as you already mentioned this romanticized you know rose tinted view of making an album and what it means to them but then they're always very disappointed when they put it out there and no one gives a damn kind of thing and it's like well you have literally you know it's almost like you've you've got to be patient you and it is difficult it's like waiting for you want to know what your christmas presents are but you've got to wait until yeah, no, you no. know that you know that they're there now this might be an extreme example but there's a there's a band not too far from around here and i won't say who they are because 
I'm like, you know. We, so, we like to keep so, it so, a mystique. A, a mystique. I'll, 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 I'll tell you later. They, they were formed, according to their Wikipedia page, in 2008, and they're only just releasing their album this year, their debut album. What? You know, as in they've been putting it off. In terms of a, in terms of a strategy, that's the best thing to do. They've actually been signed to like an imprint of a major label, and even though they signed about two, two and a half years ago, that label obviously just went. Well, you've got a modest amount of fans, but what we're going to do in that intervening period between, like, okay, we'll record your album, but we'll, you know, we'll, so we'll it's get... taken them twelve years to build up an audience. That's all, that's all right. It's definitely a marathon, not a sprint, it's, it's, here, it's, isn't it's it? It's a marathon, not a sprint. That's it. And now they've they've grown to such a size, and they've got themselves a booking agent, and they've been able to to get some some really good support slots, and you know, at times getting in front of thousands of, of, of people doing support slots at really big shows, I'm, growing that audience. I'm trying to think who this band is, and like, you will have to tell me yeah, afterwards. I'll, I'll tell you later. No, I wasn't going to say, I just can't think no, of it. No, no. So there you so go, it's, it's, it it's really a, is a, it's a So it's a sequence of singles, as many as you possibly can, and the idea is that the album comes almost like to bookend that release of singles. So in the, in the same way that you, you might watch a your favourite TV show like Game of Thrones, or Doctor Who at the end of that particular season, you know they bundle it all up in physical with loads of uh, extras and you know. Well, Star Wars have been doing this for years, haven't yes. they? Steel, you know, steel books of uh, covers, fancy art cards, maybe you know little uh, odds and sods to try and make it a little bit collectible and, uh, and and what have you. And that's the same way that you know an album uh, bookmarks and signifies the end yeah. of a particular sort of release of singles. And it may well be that in that, in that intervening period, some, some of those particular singles don't necessarily make the album. And the idea is that the album contains stuff that maybe um, people won't have heard before, you know, demo versions, remixes, live versions, you know, to, to make it, to add a little bit more value. That I sort mean, of the other thing is ultimately is that, I mean, this band that you mentioned, yeah. who have, who've been going since 2008, have only just done an album now. Yes. The album wasn't written in 2008, was it? I don't it? think so, no. So basically, during that interim period, they've been able to modify their craft, get better, mm -hmm respond to what their audience wants so the likelihood of when they actually get to releasing the album it's going to be a success because they've effectively done 12 years worth of market research haven't they that's yeah that's certainly uh, that's one way of putting it so i was when you first said i thought you meant that they record they written it they wrote written it sorry wrote it in 2008 and it had taken them 12 years to record it but now that makes a bit more sense yeah. So in summary, lots of singles use those singles to attract the attention of new people in that cumulative snowball effect, that momentum. Once every 18 months to, to two years, collate those singles into an album, which marks, signifies the end of that particular that period. Chapter. And then you start another chapter and do it again. Would you do it? And the, but then the tr then is, do you, do you repeat or do you try something new? What do you mean repeat? As in, well, you know, Oasis, they played it safe, didn't they, for years? Some, some would say they're, they're, st you know, they're, they're still are. They, they still are. And then other bands like Cochine. Stop going on about your 90s dance. No, they came out 2001. So oh, noughties. Yeah, so, but they did their first album, Drum and Bass. They did their second album, indie, guitar-y, kind of electronic stuff. Artistically, I'm not, I, I can't comment about uh, our and, viewers and listeners and what their musical... Uh, yeah, they did kind of annoy their current audience, but then made a new one. So it's a bit of a brave one. So when you, when you go uh, watching them live in, uh, in a couple of months... In can, May. You can cheer or, or boo, uh, according to which particular... I'll, Part of their back catalogue you like or don't like. I'll have a word with Sean and see what she says. Right. 
So let's move on now to maybe more established artists with larger how are we quantifying bases. this? Oh, oh, I don't know how long's a, a piece of string. What I would say is, I think the viewers slash listeners. Don't... No, um... I think I think they will know where <coughs> to put me. themselves into the you know smaller artists or newer artists or uh, you know larger artists that have been going longer and have a you know a, a good uh, amount of let's let's just say uh, you know. Uh, social media followers in you know you've got maybe sort of in the five figures you know the okay. tens and the and, and the twenties thousands right Th those sorts you know <laughs> right so if you if you've got such a large audience the idea is that cumulatively that you know th that audience building doesn't necessarily need to take place you're hopefully in a position whereby the people that are following you if you've been marketing your music correctly they will value what you do, so you know it hopefully shouldn't be as hard to um, to try and get them to buy it. So really, the, the 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 primary problem that you have is making sure that you're actually able to to reach the audience in the first place, making them sure that they know that it's out there, and and also the reasons as to why they should buy it. You know, the like for example the the reasons that we were discussing yeah. before. So it's probably fair to say that the marketing campaign for the album would probably start as you were recording it. All those, yeah. they call it BTS these days. I've only, I'm only, I'm only... Did you say PTS or BTS? BTS behind the scenes. Okay. Everybody abbreviate that. That's just what young people do now. They refer to it as all BTS uh, material. So, the, so the, you know, the actual recording of the album forms part of the marketing. And I don't know whether we've discussed this on the... I uh, think we have done On the, the show before, how people, especially uh, musicians, they, they don't like to... Um, film themselves in the process of, of recording because they like to think of the end product as the as the thing that they only want people to to, to see or, or to hear they why, feel why would that be is it because the producer and engineer is having to be the one that polishes it to I, I such think, an extent that i think it's more to do with the vulnerability of musicians but isn't that at, endearing to the audience it is. Yeah. However, you know, musicians as a whole, they, they tend to think that, oh, if people don't hear the finished product, they're hearing what would be regarded as, as less, you know, you know, an imperfect version of the final product. But, you know, that, that I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think, I mean, it doesn't help when you kind of look at things like, um, you know, reality TV on a Saturday night and... And everything's always. Do they show many of the mistakes or the bum notes or stuff like? Or is it always like saccharine, sweet, pristine kind of stuff where everyone expects everything to be absolutely perfect I without think, a single flaw? Yeah, I think to go on that particular journey, you have to be a little bit of a rough diamond in the first place, and you know you have to you have to change and you do have to improve, and you know those judges are, there, are generally there to to offer advice and to to help people. Get better. Yeah. So basically, so, yeah. to it's a don't be shy in being real. I suppose is mm, yeah. because you will connect a lot more with your audience than I mean. And the other things we've mentioned this before is that if everything is always pristine and everything always looks uh, not fantastic but orchestrated, it starts to look like an advert. And what did you say about adverts in the past? Uh, I don't know. What did I say? You said well, you, nobody would watch a TV channel full of adverts. No. And ultimately, it becomes a bit contrived if everything looks planned, whereas if something's real, 
in the moment, you're... And it's great, I think, easy you know, to it, make content. I think the, the more that you show behind the scenes and the actual work that goes into creating something, and that's one of the reasons why when my band are on the way to, to gigs, we like to you know, use social media to show how often and how long it takes. Yeah. To, to be on the road because most people don't they think that that we start work at 7:30 when the doors <laughs> when the doors open and then 11 o'clock why don't you do a, why don't you do a time lapse of that, the... that, would, that would be sort of very interesting but but the more you show people behind the scenes the more it gives you an opportunity to show the actual level of work and commitment that goes into creating something and why at the end of, I'm going to say at the end of the day, like I'm on the Jeremy Carl show. But why, you know, this is worth so much because so much of your time and effort has been has been poured into actually sort of creating it in the first place. And also, the, you know, usually, the, the, you know, the funny things happen when, like, batteries running out. And, yes. And, you know, other stuff, which, again, just shows that you're real, unless you want to. Your act is all about making out that you're someone like Kanye and everything's like, you know, super fly and whatever. So we're showing people, you know, the effort and the, and, and the time and everything that goes into sort of creating it. You know, we're telling people why they should buy it. We mentioned, you know, those, those reasons at the uh, sort of the, at the top of the show. And hopefully selling it and trying to get people to buy it shouldn't be as difficult if you do have that good relationship with your audience, if you've invested time in them, hopefully it will be an easier exercise for them to invest yeah. their money back. You've already so, done the hard work. You've already done the hard work. And so really the, the, the marketing budget that you have is, is just really to, to make sure that, because organic reach is terrible on, on social media, to make sure that everyone or as many people know about this particular release. You know, as the other thing with a lot of the, like the behind the scenes kind of stuff, if you use Facebook Live or YouTube Live or whatever it's called, it they those they tend to promote that more organically. They don't, do. They do. And then just a written post. So you know you you will reach a bigger audience by utilizing the tools that they give you access to. So we're still going to use singles in order to you know promote the album. Yeah. But there's probably going to be using maybe less singles and rather than, you know, probably one or two, maybe, maybe even three. But they'll be sort of calling forward and they'll be used as part of like, almost like a pre-order yeah. campaign. So not too many sort of singles and I'd probably say like a short, intense campaign of, of a couple of singles and a short, sort of very concentrated burst of marketing activities in terms of mail shots. Um, social media advertising, that sort of thing, in order for people to buy the album and the, the other merch items yeah. that would be available to go along with the release. Would you apply this to an EP as well? Um, oh, oh, now that that's EPs. That's a bit of a, that's a bit of a hybrid between a single and a. Because to me, I think you would do the same for an EP. I, I think you certainly do a lot of that, but the idea is that it's uh, you know, an album is is potentially a larger thing because you can do so many additional things mm. in terms of you know creating merchandise yeah, around that. Yeah, that's a good that. point. So I don't generally tend to release EPs. It, you, for me... You haven't ever released an EP, have you? I, I don't really sort of think so. 
Although you did do a karaoke version of one of your albums, which I think more bands should do that. We've been doing it for quite a lot of it. So, if, again, if you're a, an established, larger artist, in summary, uh, making the album, I think, forms part of your marketing. The singles form part of the pre-order campaign, and it's, you know, of a, of a shorter duration, and your marketing budget is, is spent to make sure that your existing fans know about... Um, the release. I, I, I've got seven rules for marketing an album to to try and bookend this particular to show. Summarize. To summarise. To summarise. Go on then. Right. Point can number one. Can I read one. them? Because I've got nothing to read, or is it not that easy well, to read? Well, how about? Well, if you if you can read. So where's your clipboard? I thought you pulled it. I was going to say I thought you pulled it out, but that sounds. Weird. No, that's a, that's, a, that's, that's an entirely different podcast. The, there was two clipboards down there. There was. Where have you done? I don't know. I haven't touched it. Oh, we, anyway, keep, it doesn't matter. Are we keeping this in? Right, yes, I'll, I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what, you'll listen to my fantastic dulcet tones. Go on. Right, number one. So you've got to work on having a large enough audience to buy yep. it in sufficient qualities to make it worthwhile. I think we sort of covered that. Yep. So having an album and then using it to try and find an audience is the wrong way around. Yes. So number find two. Find an audience with singles to invite them into your world and then give them the album. Yes. Because you know you, they want it. Yes. Uh, point number two, the marketing of the release will work better with a story or narrative around it. As in a concept album? Con yeah, a concept. Right, so the, the, the one I always use is uh, Bon Iver. I think we mentioned this on the show before, but let's do it again. Go on. So here we go. Bon Iver went into a remote cabin in oh, the woods yes. of Wisconsin at the start of winter to record an album to lament the breakup of his girlfriend. So if you use that as part of the, the marketing, as in, oh, if you you know if you're a, a journalist, you go oh I I think I might be interested in it covering gives, this. It gives that per, that journalist questions to ask, and yeah. it, it makes their life a lot easier. Adele, I think, did something quite similar, didn't she? Uh, yes, um, he said, just agreeing with you, and then moving on to the next point. Number three, anything exclusive on that album is good stuff that people maybe haven't necessarily heard before or can't get elsewhere. Live versions, remixes, demos, yes, even again. Demos. Oh, Oh, are you able to release your demos? You know, is that is that not making you feel a little bit too vulnerable? Actually, with a couple of artists that I've been working with at the moment, because the songs are being written in the studio, it effectively is a DNA process mm. of how that record came about. And and that, that actually, it's not, I'm not going off on tangent here. If you, anyone ever gets the chance, it's on YouTube. Look at Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer DNA, and it shows you the process of how that record came out. And it is, it, it's amazing. I, it's, yeah, I, think, it, I think I've seen that. Actually. It is, and they've done it for all of the all of the records off so, so like uh, Don't Give Up and stuff like that. And it's really interesting to see how that record came about. I'm a fan of that record, and it's interesting to see that you know, the, the writing process, so, and he gets more listens, so he's happy. Point number four, don't just sell the album. You should be creating a whole host of merchandise around the album to get the average spend per customer. Can you give me three, oh. three key items that you would sell that are big earners for our audience? Uh, well, you could sell a T-shirt. Right. With that. So you could have a t-shirt which has something to do with one of the songs or it could be a version of the cover artwork mm -hmm. and what have you. Um, people do like um, anything that's um, art related. Uh, re related. So you could have some form of a, of a print, again, of the album artwork or a version therein or of maybe, you know, the, the photography that that's contained within. 
uh, and even something along the lines of a um, a lyric sheet from you know the 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 primary single from the album that something sort of signed. Well, so th those are all good. And I guess something like a lyric sheet. The only thing that's going to cost you is the time to actually handwrite those lyrics out. And those are the kind of things that are normally offered on Kickstarter. Uh, things yeah. as well because it's it's a one-off or it's something that's very you know, very, very, drum, very you know, limited signed drumsticks that those sorts of things but I, I just see so many people going right yeah uh, the album's out and you know here it is uh, the album's a tenner please go and buy it it's just like no you, if, you know, if you've got true fans that we want more and yes, we'll happily pay for it. they will happily pay for it so you know if you can get them to spend 50 pounds on a t-shirt and uh, an album and you know a some sort of signed artwork or, or some other bits and pieces. The amount of, you could make an absolute fortune selling your set list. You could, yes. Because everybody's like, oh, can I have a set list? And when you leave them on stage, I should start selling them instead. You, oh, you do know now. Yeah, right. So if you are a more established act, you could make it exclusively, uh, this release, physical and physical only, and you could withhold it from digital for a period of time before it goes on streaming. Pros and cons of both. Technically, if you pay for the record, it's it's yours to do with as you so choose. And if you don't want a load of freeloaders streaming it, then you tell them that, you know, recording music costs money and the easiest way for you to recoup that money is for them to go out and buy it. And if they value uh, the work that you do, go out and uh, yep. buy it. Uh, Personalise it. Uh, if it's signed by you, the artist, you know, th there is a physical connection between yourself and your audience. The last CD that I actually bought um, was the only reason I bought it is because it was signed by the, the artist in question. Had it have not been signed, I wouldn't have gone out and bought it. Really? Yeah. It was that important to you? Yeah. And did you have to pay quite a lot more for that? It was, I think you could, I think the CD was, was a tenner and I think signed it was £13. Now, I'm not expecting anyone out there to, you know, to increase the, you know, the That's quite a markup just for writing yeah. a scribble. Yeah. But as a fan, as a fan, you were I, happy to pay. You I, thought I, that I, was, I was yeah, I thought you that was, thought that was, you know, value for money. Yeah. And had they not done that, I wouldn't have bought it physically. So not only did they get the cost of an album from me, they got an extra £3 premium. That really was the tipping point. Yeah. Without that, because you would not I, have bought it at all. Because I value the even. Ah, it's funny. This this is the funny thing. I value um, the work that they've created over the over the years, and I really do like the music. However, if it's available for for free on, on the Spotify's, I pay for Spotify. I I would have just listened. I would have just happily just listened to it. But because there was a physical connection and they'd physically touched something and signed yeah. it, which would then be in my possession. I was happy to pay that thirteen pounds plus whatever it was postage. Right. I, you know, I felt that that was, uh, you know, a good enough thing for me. So, they've had my money, and without that, that personalisation, they would never have had that money. So. And it, to be honest, the market research I've done, what your example there isn't that unique. A lot of people yeah. do it, and to be honest, that's where a lot of the artists are actually really a, boosting you, their you, revenue. You pay for uh, anything signed, Greg. Um, yeah, I think I bought the the last album, well, not the last, but I bought an album by Hybrid that I paid a bit extra for a t-shirt and a signed something or other. So, so it works. So, yeah, it? yeah, it, it genuinely does, uh, you know, it, it's, it's nice and then you kind of frame it or whatever mm. and you just kind of go, 
and stuff like that. So it costs you forty quid to frame it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and lastly, number seven is have a marketing budget. So <coughs> excuse me, even if you've got thousands or tens of thousands of followers on social media, the organic reach, as we've said, is so low that you could release an album and they'll never get to see any of your posts trying to plug it. In fact, the algorithm will identify that you're trying to sell and it will intentionally reduce the organic reach. So you've is got- Is it really that? Is oh it yeah, really Zuck that? Zuckerberg's terrible for that. You know, if he sees, you know, click here to pre-order all the words buy now in any of your, any of the texts on your posts, it'll go, right, well, nobody's getting to see that then. Oh, he's a sly one, he's isn't he? A, what a tinker, what an absolute I'm tinker. I'm choosing my language carefully. And the thing that you have to remember is that you generally have to pester people in the nicest possible way, again Remind, and again. Remind, I would Yes, use... but the thing is nobody generally tends to buy something the first go round. I mean, obviously I work in events promotions and there's generally between three and four months between a show being announced and the show date of the show and you have to you have to run ads again and again because even if somebody's interested in that particular show people will go ah that show's months away and so you have to pay to keep reminding yep. those people that mm, it's only a couple it's only a month away now it's all it's only a fortnight away so people don't necessarily buy first go round so you, you're going to have to potentially budget to, to run ads again yep. and again and as i say remind people in the 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 nicest, less salesy. Well, the thing is, the more content possible. that the more content that you do, uh, using some of the ideas that we talked about today, the more, you know, a Zuckerberg isn't going to think it's an advert, and also, uh, you know, the more uh, the more you're reminding people. So, mm. so, so lots to think about there for uh, those of us who are releasing albums. in Are you releasing an album in 2020? I've got to write some songs first. Let's not think about that now. Let's and to be honest, I'm working with an artist, and we will be releasing an uh, an album. Uh, and so it's whittling down the songs, but yeah, in case there's no point. Oh, the luxury of having too many songs for an album. Not all, none, none of them are finished. They're still kind of like, you know, two thirds of the way through and suddenly Just, we're having to add verses to songs that didn't have no, that, verses. That is a luxury though. So yes. Uh, on next week's episode, I think we're going to uh, tackle the very um, thorny uh, issue of band biographies. Band biographies? Band biographies. That's going to be an interesting one. That's going to be, it's a toughie. Well, well, we'll find out more about that same time, same place next week. Thanks very much for watching or listening to this particular episode. We shall see you next time. And if I'd been pulling strange faces, I had an itchy nose and I didn't want to sneeze. So that was it. Anyway, see you next week. Ta-da. Bye.